0: The Vancouver School of Theology is located on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam people. Welcome to Bruderholz, the podcast of the Vancouver School of Theology, particularly in terms of interviewing faculty and friends and maybe students here at VST. And we're pleased to be, I'm pleased, my name's Todd, and pleased to be here with Richard Topping, the president, um, and with a crew of others. Amanda's uh, helping produce, and Allison's here as well. And Richard's going to introduce us to our faculty member
1: guest here. Yeah, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the Reverend Dr. Hyuk Cho. Uh, Hyuk came to Vancouver School of Theology, just started this year in the the summer, so this is his first semester here at the school. Uh, Prior to that, he was the minister at West Point Grey United Church, where he served since 2018. He's a progressive theologian. Um, He has a PhD in constructive theology and missiology from Emmanuel College at the Toronto School of Theology, University of Toronto. Hyuk's uh, interest in mission is reflected in a textbook, uh, theology of the United Church of Canada, where the, he has an essay in there on mission. Uh, he has some very interesting hobbies. He he loves working with wood and carving uh, paddles, and I think he's building a kayak just now, which is really you're making difficult. a kayak. Yeah. Yes. Where
0: are you making it? Uh,
2: in our church basement.
0: that's fantastic you know you have a connection to our little media thing here because reflector the office space we have was is a garage right but it's converted now to a nice office Uh, and and the most recent incarnation of it was a place that people made kayaks oh so it's not
1: fantastic great so he's also a constructive theologian
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you were in toronto before this yes yes. but then three years here oh four years now four years just over four years So, first question we always ask is, how long have you taught, and why do you teach, or why do you like what? What is it that calls you to teaching?
2: Thank you for inviting me to talk about my um, ministry and my theological kind of overview and my uh, thought on theology and our society. Mm -hmm. So, I'm teaching theology at Vancouver School of Theology for over two years. I just hired this past August, so this is my first semester. But before that, teaching has been always my passion because teaching is the best way of learning. So, when I prepare for text, just imagine my audience, my student, and what is the best way to communicate with the student, my audience and then put together uh, materials and what is t- the result of this and that is a fascinating process and then through this way I'm learning the best way you know as w- as I prepare for teaching so for example it was 1999 all churches including catholics preparing for how to greet year 2000 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Year two thousand was we are entering into third millennium, and the theme was again including Catholics and, and Protestants. It's a jubilee. So when I was at the uh, Toronto Korean United Church in downtown Toronto, I prepared for Bible study textbook for my uh, congregants because in Canada there's no Korean textbook. So I wrote textbook. I have the textbook in my office. Yeah, yeah. yeah here. It was about the Jubilee, so about six or seven sessions. And whenever we have a Bible study, we had about 35 to 50 people attended. And it was a huge kind of uh, um, surprising event for many churches, especially Caucasian churches. Oh, young guy came from uh, Korea. He wrote a book and he offered the Bible studies and then 30 to 50 people every night attended it's fantastic. Yeah, so teaching is a best way of learning. I love it.
0: And still ha- that still that happens here and what you do here <laughs> with that's your right. students here?
2: That's right. So, about a month or so, I'm preparing uh, for two courses kind of uh, syllabus. It was a hard time. I had a hard time to prepare for two courses in, in a month. But it was the most joyful time, most uh, productive time uh, to produce two syllabus
0: for teaching next yeah. January and next spring term. I can imagine how much thought goes into that kind of preparation, right? And work.
2: So I have an L-shaped desk and uh, I need more space. So I brought another table <laughs> Now it's
0: more like a. Now C. you're a circle and you can't get. Yeah. Out.
2: <laughs> so I made a U shape. <laughs> All over the place and articles and books yeah. and uh, imagination is most joyful kind of time. You know, imagine what kind of uh, materials I wanted to utilize, and uh, through this text, through this this um, material, what our student will learn.
1: So, so look, you teach particular subjects. What, what, what's your subject matter? What, what subjects do you really care about?
2: So as a director of United Church Formation and Studies, my main uh, teaching area is United Church theology and history and um, uh, intercultural theology. But this year, I expanded intercultural theology, just one credit to three credits to offer to everybody. So nowadays, the term intercultural theology is very important in our time and the place because we are living in such culturally religiously pluralistic society in Canada. So how do we create a safe welcoming Mm. in between space beyond faith, gender, sexuality, culture, language? How would we create a safe environment that is about the course? Mm. That's very interesting
0: it's i mean one of the questions we often ask is what's exciting about your subject matter um and i can hear some of that already in your answers that that this this pull and this call in what it means to teach and what it means to learn but then when you say um imagination yeah and imagining it's often like people listening this could be students listening to this thinking it's always that right like can I imagine myself there? Can I see myself there with this faculty in that place, you know, and all kinds of other aspects to what it means to be part of part of a school like this. But then to hear that you're imagining what it means for students to hear what you have to say yeah. and that you're learning together. It's yeah. such a. So what is it that you find um, interesting or exciting kind of uh, about students at a time like this and in the classes that you teach?
2: So again, we are living in a very uh, culturally, religiously diverse society. And also, the world is here in our campus. Many students from Korea, uh, Africa, and other parts of the country, students are here. So how do we teach them to to serve the world, not only in Canada, but also the world? That is the biggest question for us. How to make how to encourage them, how to imagine them to serve the world. So John Wesley said once, you know, world is my parish. So in that kind of imagination, how to serve beyond this time and space, that is the biggest question. And then always I ask myself, what is the best way to communicate with them? Mm. So again, how to connect with them is another big question.
1: That's great. So, so how do you do that? Uh, how, how do you? What's the classroom? How do you design a class so that you're making those signs, uh, uh, kinds of connections?
2: So we begin with a prayer, and then check-in time. Just casual, so that you know, that last weekend you know I had climbing or I had some party or something. Yeah. It's a casual, casual kind of break-in time. And then, based on class or my course, sometimes lecture, sometimes write into question, or sometimes you know student present their presentation. But often I use maybe every class I use uh, case studies. Mm. So this happened September twenty fourth in London Ontario. The class was October second third. So about a week later, I sent to our student to read it and to discuss about this. So what happened in London, Ontario? So city of London ordered to close mission center. That is a communal center for homeless people. Because city folks thought that church is about only for worship service, not for social services. Because they got complained from business owners right. and then neighborhood, neighborhood so, so they heard the out. kind of all the time, yeah. right. So they heard their complaint and then they ordered to shut down this center. So I asked the student read this one. Imagine if you were there, what would you do? The long term, short term plans. Plans. So that is kind of tangible way get into the situation. Just imagine you are a leader or a church minister, what would you like to do?
0: Yeah, and it's, um, I mean, we've talked about this before on other episodes of, of this podcast and then in other contexts at VST, that that idea of like lived theology mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. speaking about. Yeah, yeah. And when you talk about, like I picture you um, meeting a student, getting getting to know a student, mm-hmm. that you have this question in your mind about the world being in parish, like, what does this mean? And that the student brings the question. Exactly. And that your your uh, role as a professor and as an educator um, is to come alongside that question and ask in these kinds of contexts, okay, so what's it going to be here? What does your theology say about this? And that, that's exciting to me that the kind of stuff people are learning and asking at mm. VST translates into this lived theology mm-hmm. in place wherever mm-hmm. they're going to be next. Or many, of, of course, most or all of the students and profs are engaged in this kind of work while they're at VST as well.
2: So yeah, so imagine in this context and also imagine we are there in this context and what is our mission? What is our ministry? What is our theological implication for this? So through these uh, discussions, Stunt brought excellent idea. That's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah, what did you yeah. come up <laughs> with? <laughs> For example, town hall meeting. Yeah, and then uh, encourage the church people to write letters to, to counselors councillors and, and other folks, and then so there are so many ideas, wonderful ideas, how we deal with these kind of situations. Also in their own context, different context, such as Vancouver, such as Kamloops, what can you do? So in this post christendom yeah. not many people not many uh, uh you know people do not go to church and then they consider church is dying, but it's not
1: mm-hmm. so in some ways you would you say it's true that you're teaching students by means of case studies how to read the world yeah. Yeah. how to use their theological yeah. education yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. To, to apply into that context and they learn from it again imagination
0: mm-hmm. well you say like you start with a prayer and then a check in yeah and then uh and in the sense of you know you're here to students are here learning about scriptural interpretation and their various traditions and various so then when you give this example about London Ontario and this and this um, closure I could see students kind of taking what they've what they're learning at VST and their own desire like the, what is it that has brought a student here that what difference can I make in the world mm-hmm. and that there's then culturally how do you speak into a place mm-hmm. and read the world in such a way that it's like why would people want this to close in their neighborhood mm-hmm. and what can I say about that as a minister and how can I, pe- I you know, help people ask those good questions beautiful way of, of mm-hmm. teaching and learning
2: usually my other course uh, in spring term the intercultural theology and spirituality begins with scriptural reading Bible study, Bible reflection. So the Bible study while uh, biblical reflection will lead the theme into the day. For example, I participated in World Council of Churches. And the first day, African woman talked about feeding 5,000 people. This is a well-known story. And the last over 20 years, I preached about and talked about this fascinating story in only one perspective, sharing, sharing, sharing. But she said, think about a boy. Is he included in 5,000 people? People said, no. How about who prepared for lunch for for him? His mother. Is she included? No. And then I realized that this story can be read in this way inclusion and exclusion.
0: Mm.
2: This is totally different perspective I can read the Bible. Mm-hmm. So when we talked about 5,000 people, only men are included, not boy, yes, right. not mother. Yeah. But this is outcry for inclusion. We can read this story. This has expanded my eyes. And also this is a wonderful topic, inclusion and exclusion in my uh,
0: class. So reading scripture again from particular cultural place, yeah uh, and how that opens that up for people who may have felt excluded, but also how that helps those of us um, who were not marginalized like that mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. to see the other. Mm-hmm. That is, I would take it at a place like VST. Part of what compels people to to be at a place like this is the relationship to the world and the other, and that's a beautiful example. Of. What about challenges? What do you what have you faced? I mean, you have you're you're the you're you're new, <laughs> but what about challenges? And I guess in teaching in general or particular challenges at VST. Like so, beauty of uh, VST is
2: that we have a state a state of art uh, technology like this, but beyond in our classroom we have a camera and um, and the microphone and the Zoom setting and the screen. This yeah. is wonderful, fantastic. So we can connect with the remote, uh, distant students. That's a pan- fantastic. So, my little concern is that I wanted to go beyond, for example, if students are here, we can come across and then you know, say hello and then casual talk. Yeah, it you know, feels about like
0: we're in the same room. And we're right, talking yeah,
2: exactly. That. Exactly. After class, we can talk yeah. and then continue uh, you know, our um, discussions. But because of this setting, it's hard to continue. Mm-hmm. So I often say that you can connect with me uh, via Zoom. I have my own account and phone call and text. Even I release my, my, my mobile phone number. So that is a little bit challenging. Yeah.
1: I think during COVID, it was the same sort of observation joke yeah, that yeah. students found that we're in a classroom. You kind of move into the class after conversation, and you linger after the class with conversation. But online, definite beginning, definite end. And yes, I think the yeah the personal touch. The, yeah, the, the, that's right, exactly. The afterglow touch. and all of that kind so
0: of. So ch- that's a really a, a challenge of technology yeah. that you mentioned. Yeah, in the both advantage and the challenges. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What's the most delightful thing that you do as a professor?
2: So two years ago, I taught a course called United Church of Theology and the Doctrines. At the time, a student, she was not well in many ways. Not much participating in, and she did not submit any assignment. And of course, she failed, of course, because she did not uh, submitted any assignment. But I came across the student in my, uh, my recent, uh, this term course, but she's totally different,
0: mm-hmm.
2: much joyful and outgoing. And then uh, in our sharing time, she talked about her recent happenings and then also she even talked about she was ill, actually mentally illness, mm-hmm. And that she's coming out of from that kind of shade and wood and express herself, I was not aware. Admitted. And then she contacted me. How can I continue that course? She failed. That is a joy as that a professor. Sounds like a joy. Yeah. And I cannot say that. Your 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 time is done. I cannot say that. So encouraged her to continue. So this is the joy to see you know student
0: they continue their journey of learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It's so, like, I, I have this feeling when you give that answer, and, and I know this from VST, and even my connection to VST, is that um, the joy of being with, yeah. and it's not often something we, th- I don't know, I don't know, if, know enough about academic institutions, I guess, but that the academic enterprise is, oh, you know, one of the best things about it is we get to be with each other. Yeah, with. the so with yeah. is a key and word. This, and, and then to teach and to learn together and to but that story a story of recovery or resurrection or healing exactly. or whatever you want to yeah. mention it yeah that yeah. takes place in an academic institution mm-hmm. but there's something so much more going on yeah and and that uh, meantime you're learning these things together is yeah. just fantastic yeah.
2: also with and i like another word i love this word companionship mm. we join it together
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: So you've talked uh, uh, about um, this this situation where you were able to help someone kind of come back online with with the programs. And and it's a unique thing about about VST is that there's academic policies and permissions to do that kind of thing, to, to let people start over yeah, again. Yeah. Um, what other things have you found you know, since you've been at VST, particularly in a full-time capacity? What are you seeing that seems unique to this place? You have experience in theological education and other centers of learning, so what's unique about VST in your thinking?
2: So the uniqueness of VSD is that this is a home of a three denominational mm-hmm. seminary. So Anglicans and the Presbyterians and United Church get together to learn from each other. I consider this as a gift.
0: Yeah.
2: For example, Thursday noon hours we have ecumenical worship service. Yeah. So we come across, we experience you know, Presbyterians, Anglicans, the worship service, quite different from uh, United Church. And I learn from them. What is at stake for them? It is not, yeah, what is at stake? Why do, you, do, you, uh, do they uh, do this? For example, prayer confession, we often do not unite the church. But what is important for them? What is the meaning for them and for us? For example, Anglicans, they focus on rituals. yeah. What does it mean? So this is kind of a gift to me to reflect on my own faith journey, on faith traditions. So this is kind of starting point of dialogue. Also, this is a place, how we work together, respect each other's traditions.
1: Tell us a little bit about your own involvement. I mean, it's strongly connected to this with the World Council of Churches. Mm -hmm.
2: So um, World Council of Churches begin from about 9 o'clock in the morning with a morning prayer and the closing with uh, you know closing prayer. And, and especially closing uh, worship service of the day presented by each different faith traditions. For example, one evening, Eastern Orthodox
1: hmm.
2: presented and worship service with the young children, uh, young youth, per se. And then I, it was quite shocked, from the beginning to end, even reading scriptures. It's all her singing.:
0: Yeah. very, chanting, very unique yeah, chanting. Yeah.
2: yeah, from the beginning to end. Yeah. So this is fascinating. We are uh, in the same kind of family, but the different kind of uh, expressions of face. And the other Pentecostal service and the European service and other also uh, indigenous people still prayer, all different. Mm. But the point is the same. Yes.
1: But well, this is, is from is your, yeah. this is from your recent trip to Germany, where, yeah. where the World yeah. Council of Churches was meeting. But you, you have a role with the World Council of Churches now, don't you?
2: Yes. So we have a title honor. job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored to be elected as a central committee. This is kind of the governing body of uh, World Council of Churches between uh, General Assemblies. So next for eight years, I will serve wow. that uh, role. So that is um, uh, the body for um, deciding what kind of program we need to develop and what kind of areas we need to focus on. So I'm so okay, honored.
1: We're grateful for that. At VST in 1983, the World Council of Churches held their big event, right just, a, we could point to it, and uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu was a yes. visit to that, in the, a tent right on the site across the parking lot from where we're sitting right now. So this this carries on something that has been so important historically great. to the school.
2: That's right. So the, we have a lounge uh, for 20. There is a banner, World Council of Churches.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing all those connections and stuff, <laughs> eh? That... Uh, it's, um, well, and I, the, um, you mentioned earlier, like teaching on year of Jubilee and this, one of the things I pick up in fr- from speaking with you, but I'm um, speaking with other faculty as well. You know, we hear so often about the story of decline in churches and the story of, mm-hmm. um, the, the, positive sense of future, both for students, for the enterprise and what you're involved in, that this is not um, a call of decline, that this mm-hmm. is a call of looking, you know, to the future and how, and I just, uh, it's fantastic to hear. So.
2: so I like the word from Walter Brueggemann. He wrote a book many years ago, Hopeful Imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that book title, yeah. Hopeful Imagination. This is
1: time. That's wonderful. It, it sounds like what makes you hopeful. Is uh, you know the reading of scripture and imagination, imagination that looks both for what is there in the text and what's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How yeah. to apply into yeah. in our yeah. yes. concrete context. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah.
0: Well said. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for it's great to meet you, and really grateful that uh, you're here and that you're the newest member. Am I getting that right? Indeed, I am getting that right. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> that there's uh, and and uh, in terms of this hopeful call it makes sense to me that you're here and working with the others who, who are compelled by the same, the same thing. So thank you so much. Thanks so much. for today. Thank, thank you. you. Holtz is a production of the Vancouver School of Theology. For more information about VST, visit vst.edu. Thanks for listening to Holtz.